Welcome to Women to Women podcast. Our guest today is Alina Vanderberg. She started her own company before high school. She stole lipstick and tech skills. She decided to do a master's in computer science because makeup was a low margin business. She went on to create the first mobile products with millions of users for Thomson Reuters, Bloomberg, Pearson. Some of them went to be keynoted on stage by Steve Jobs. The past few years have gotten her back to entrepreneurship and it fits her like a glove. She founded Chili Piper that boosts inspired engagement for cool companies like Spotify, Airbnb, Twilio, Shopify, and thousands of others. She also co-founded Cosmo Time, where she's building the first intelligent AI-powered to-do list. Welcome, Alina. Glad to be here. So very, very impressive resume, and clearly you've been an entrepreneur from the beginning, even at high school level. I uh, didn't know it was called entrepreneurship at that time. <laughs> I just thought it was called survival. But what was childhood like for you? Clearly, you had some really good business acumen, even at that early stage. What really got you into even selling lipsticks? I uh, was born uh, in a communist country, and I was born um, in a family that was... Um, Oh, oh, uh, they were both uh, working in factories, my parents. So obviously we were not, uh, we did not have the means to pay properly for things that I needed in school or the things that I would have needed as a young teenager, such as uh, uh, even conditioner was a luxury for me at that time. And uh, I thought that I needed to find a way to not, uh, to, to just be able to buy the things that I needed in school and, and the things that I needed to compete uh, in the teenager game. So I uh, was uh, taking all sorts of odd jobs, thinking that uh, they were an income uh, supplement to what I already had. And that's what made me uh, aware that there are all sorts of ways in which you can generate an income as a still in school or in high school or in college. So, you know, a lot of kids come to Shark Tank and they always say, you know, you can tell from a very early age who's a good entrepreneur versus who kind of wants to be, but not there. And one of the things they always say is as a kid, if you have hustled, if you have even tried to establish a business, they make great entrepreneurs. So clearly you are one and you're here. So let's jump a little bit ahead. And I know you had some really good, impactful jobs. You did amazing stuff and you were very successful. So what really made you start your own company? Like why leave everything and go back into entrepreneurship? So corporate America is a, it, it's a great path for somebody coming from the background that I came from. The salary that I had at that time when I left, I was a senior vice president uh, in a billion dollar startup, was something that I would have never imagined in my wildest dream that I could make in terms of income. Everybody thought that I was completely crazy to go from uh, that kind of salary to zero, because in essence, in entrepreneurship, you have nothing, you have to generate an income. And uh, at that time, we sold our house. I had no salary for almost two years. Um, so it's a complete uh, gamble that one is taking when, when you go into that uh, path. You have to have a lot of uh, audacity to be okay with being bankrupt and being okay with not having anything and being potentially on the streets because I, the background that I have, I had no fear of that. It's a unique, uh, 
it's a unique trait not to be afraid of being uh, homeless. Yeah. So what drives you? Again, there is money, there is fame. Some people do it because they really want to make a difference. What drives you? The two startups that I've co-founded that we're running right now are products built in enterprise that have a big impact on the company that we're working with revenue-wise. And it's not the same as, you know, curing cancer for the world. It's not the same as uh, stopping pollution and, and saving the planet. But once you get to a point where you have a big enough impact, um, in even if it's in the, in the enterprise world, in the business world, you can still generate the kind of income that allows you to have a say on projects that you care about on the side. I personally care a lot about uh, uh, fundamental, fundamental things such as banishing um, uh, violence in between cultures, banishing racism, uh, banishing borders, and making sure that we are all generous to one another because it's a short uh, life that we live in and it's a shame to lose all of that in hatred and, and violent acts. As a result, uh, part of what Chili Piper will do on the side as a foundation, and that's something that we will announce soon, is going to be around around this idea that, that all cultures are, are brothers and sisters and we should uh, work with each other as opposed to against each other. That's very noble. You mentioned, you know, life's short. There's, there's a lot to do. So did you mentally give yourself a time limit to say, by this time, I should have done something? When I was a teenager, I thought that 30 was so old. <laughs> I thought, by the time I'd be 30, I, 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 it's time, like, life is gone, it's, it's over. Uh, for some reason, uh, I, I see that uh, the new generation has the same perception over people uh, over 30. Um, it's tough because I did not know what I wanted as a child. You're still uncovering and discovering, so I did not give myself a time limit but when you go when I went to corporate for instance the first time I, I started climbing the corporate ladder I had an expectation that by 30 I will be at the top of the ladder and and more I was climbing it the more I was hating it and that's kind of weird because you think that it's the path that you've chosen because you you have the skills for it but I realized that it was not meant for me whereas in entrepreneurship I said okay I'm going to give myself two to three years if I don't make it I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up this this path and I'm going to pick something else but as I entered it there was no limit anymore because I was enjoying the path itself, it was completely different game than, than the corporate careers that I had pre previous to that. So do you see a lot of women entrepreneurs? Because I know it's a tough field. To your point, there is a huge opportunity cost as well associated. You start from the very bottom, again, building it up. Do you see a lot of women entrepreneurs um, in this field? So they are. Um, obviously, we're a minority and um, even less so uh, female entrepreneurs that start on their own. Me, I'm, I started it with my husband, so I'm not uh, entirely alone. I could see that um, it's a different path for, for female versus male because you have to, you, you have a time limit in, into what you can craft your family, whereas a man doesn't. They don't have an expiration when they can have kids. They don't have an expiration when they can build a family. Even you're 80, you can get married and have kids then if you're a male. Whereas if you're female, there's an expiration date. 
and uh, as a result, focus and then and the, the, the risk that you're taking are associated with bigger costs on family goals. And if you have that in, in your plans, if you have family goals, a lot of women do, it's much trickier to plan and, and <laughs> strategize on how to take this path. Another reason I think we are taught and as an early age that there's a power balance between the female gender and the male gender, at least the way I was brought up, you constantly, um, in the back of your mind, you wonder if you're good enough. Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be good enough? And there's this kind of voice behind many female, many women, just because the way we were brought in, brought up, which is unfortunate. Do you see any other such uh, preconceived notions, right? Whether women have it or whether they are instilled in us from early on that you think are hurdles for women to really break through the barriers? I think it depends on the culture everybody's brought in. Um, in Eastern Europe, there are different kind of stigmas associated with female versus men. I see here in in US, the values are quite different, but there's still, there's still some stereotypes that happen and there's still some things that our parents keep repeating and repeating and repeating and we grow up believing those stereotypes. Um, for instance, one um, thing that happens in, in Romanian culture is that the women tend to talk much more than male. And as a result, they are perceived as being, um, the man feels like the woman talks too much and they're being told to shut up, basically. That I've heard a lot in my childhood around all the families that I was uh, being brought, that the female talks too much and that she should just temper it down. And as a result, I was always cautious, even when I came here, to not talk too much to be annoying. <laughs> Because that's what I heard as, as, as a child, <laughs> but it was just stereotyping that I've not seen in other cultures. I don't know if it's a, if it's a thing in, in other <laughs> cultures or not. Some. I grew up in India, so it, it's very similar. You're, you're taught not to talk too much because then it takes away from the seriousness of what you're trying to say. So they say, you know, few words make you sound more serious, but sometimes <laughs> I don't agree with that. But that's a whole different story for another day. Growing through your corporate career ladder, did you ever face any obstacles? And how did you deal with them? Oh, a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. I would go to, um, for instance, I would go to conferences, engineering conferences that were focused Swift or whatever the programming language at that time. And I would show up being dressed as I normally would with high heels and like lipstick and whatever else I would be into at that time. And no one would expect that I was uh, from the, the engineering team. Everybody thought that I was either from PR or marketing. And when I would start asking questions, they would look weird. Says, are you writing an article about it? Or <laughs> no. <laughs> These are the libraries that I'm curious because we're building this uh, this tool. So I've always been stereotyped for sure to the more f f uh, female uh, friendly departments. And uh, that was one of the things that was mildly annoying. It wasn't like a big thing, but it felt like I was I had to earn my way to people's respect every time I would speak. Then in, a, in, in, in addition to stereotyping, I think what I've seen frequently as well is reluctance from managers to promote female talent in managerial positions due to fear that a female can't do as good job as a man. So I would often be put in trials for that particular role to prove myself, whereas I've not seen that in my male counterparts. I would never see them go through a trial to see that they can do their job well. That was... Uh, 
unexpected as well for me. So when you hire or you try to promote, what skills do you look for? We have 100 employees in 81 cities and 20 countries. Wow. Uh, So we have quite a diverse pool of of talent and we are very um, mindful of when we hire, what kind of profile we hire because we have billions of people we can hire from we are very purposeful about the skills that we need for the particular role uh, job and everything else we ignore we ignore what college they went to we ignore um their location uh what where they're at they can be anywhere there are certain time zones that that are a bit harder to work with so we try to limit with uh, within certain time zone boundaries but we look at specific skills that they have whether they can do, uh, for instance, for the sales team, whether they can handle a, a cold call very well and, and rejection very well, because they're going to have to have rejection a hundred times a day and they can't let that take that personally. For the for engineers, we have to make sure that they know very well the programming language that we uh, that we are looking for. So we have tests that test for those particular skills and people have to go through that test before they talk to us. And then for promotion, whenever we see that people step out outside of their their role description and they do much more than what they're supposed to um, do, then we pay attention and pay attention and pay attention and then we surprise them. uh, And it's not based on tenure. They don't have to be 10 years in a job to be promoted from director to vice president. We do that as we see fit based on their performance and their uh, objectives that they have to accomplish for the month or for the quarter. So um, just talking with somebody who was just coming out of college um, and this is a girl in STEM, she was like, I don't know, they keep saying, you know, we want more girls in STEM, but we don't see the opportunities. So from your side, you know, you're on the other side where you're actually running your company. You are a woman. You were in technology, right? Very close. Do you see that there is a lot more talk about women in STEM than actual people hiding women in STEM and encouraging that part. We definitely have a problem with um, our pipeline. So what I mean by that is when we put a job description out and let's say it's a QA engineer, somebody who's testing our application for bugs, the majority of applicants are male. So we have a very, very small percentage of, of female applicants, which means that by default, by sheer numbers, we're going to have to hire a male because we do not have applicants uh, female. So what we're um, taking action on that is to create more pipeline, meaning more more female that are applying. And we're um, doing partnerships with websites and and, uh, all sorts of programs that cater to female in STEM that reach female in STEM and as a result are see our job postings more often. We promote on LinkedIn the fact that we have 50% of female in managerial positions so that they see that we are very uh, friendly to diversity. For sure, there we have much bigger pool of applicants that are male than, than female, which is something that we're actively working to fix. It's not easy. No, but one, one thing incredible about your company is, um, you're right, you actually have women at a higher percentage, higher up in management. Typically, we see companies release women versus men diversity numbers as a whole. But when you start going by levels, it's always the higher you go up, there are less women and more at the bottom levels, right? Do you think there is um, a way we can get away from that? Like, what do you think we as women should be doing to go up much higher in the management rather than get stuck it's unfortunate but women feel 
less equipped about speaking up when they do want to progress their career. And to avoid that, for instance, one thing that we've done at Chili Piper, and I don't know how it can be applicable to other companies as well, is we have um, each uh, employee um, carve an, a plan for themselves, a career plan, where they tell us what they want to become in next year or in six months. And they all have that conversation with, uh, uh, first with themselves, what do I want to do? Um, and where do I want to improve my skills? But also, do I want to be a manager? And if I want to be a manager, what skills do I need to get there? And we empower each employee to go get those, um, those work on those skills, either internally with feedback from peers or externally with courses so that they can get to the level where they want to be. But we ask the question, do you want to go to, do you want to manage people? Do you want to get into that path? Uh, do you want to be an individual contributor that also has different levels of seniority? And by actively asking, that question, we uncover people that would have not been otherwise equipped to voicing that uh, that need. Do you see any major advantages or disadvantages of being women who are just starting out their career? One advantage that I see um, by just watching teenagers and because of how things have changed in the past 10 years or so is that a general statement, I, I don't know if it's a fact, it's just my, my personal observation is that girls tend to be a lot on their phone and at the same time having a conversation and doing something else like putting lipstick. So they go and they Snapchat somebody and they put their makeup and at the same time their, their friend is in the room and they're studying together. So they're handling a lot of things at the same time. And uh, the multitasking thing is not something that I see on um, on, the, on the boys around me. They're, they're typically more of a single task oriented. They go play basketball or they play um, a particular sports and you don't see them Snapchatting at the same time. I don't know if it's just my observation or if I'm completely off, but it seems to be that uh, the multitasking might be a good skill uh, or might not. I don't know if it's like <laughs> that. I would see as a, maybe a, an interesting skill from a disadvantage standpoint of view. I do see that women are less likely to speak up and ask for the salaries that they want. They tend to be a little bit more shy into pricing themselves at a, at a fair value. Luckily, now there are websites like Glassdoor and others that inform you of what your market level are based on averages in the area that you're in and that's probably going to become less and less of an issue though. Are there any qualities as parents that we should be working on for you know little girls who are growing up today to say maybe to your point maybe um, speaking up aiming high certain fields that they should start exploring early on they're better prepared. Uh, parenting is hard uh, for any gender. <laughs> instilling the right uh, qualities in bringing up uh, children that are going to be good uh, citizens of our planet is uh, is a very uh, highly debated topic. I'm reading a lot of books on the subject because I'm interested as, as I became a mother. And um, there are, for sure, my main goal as, as I'm raising children is to make sure that whenever they take an action, they understand the impact of their action 
and they do it with generosity with people that they're surrounded with and always taking into account their the impact of, of their work and at the same time knowing that they whenever they do something that's a little bit bolder than their peers they're always going to be uh, attacked and they're always going to be uh, try to be taken down by by others who might not like their actions and to ignore the bullies and to ignore the naysayers around you um, and have the right confidence to take that bolder action is an art. I have not, I don't know yet any uh, good methods, but I'm, I'm exploring. <laughs> so you mentioned naysayers. Any naysayers in your life and how did you overcome that? I was very attracted by math. And when I was a student, I really liked math because my dad played a lot of math puzzles with me as a, as a child. And um, everybody thought I was a nerd because of it. And then I didn't like so much uh, at, at that time PT. So sports was not my thing. So I, I was always called the nerd. Um, I was made fun of the things that I was wearing. I was not interested in fashion um, at all. I was made fun for not uh, skipping school or doing things that weren't considered cool. <laughs> um, so yes, I've been criticized uh, all my uh, all my childhood for sure for for my uh, odd interests. At least they were labeled as my odd interests. But you didn't let that get to you. I was lucky enough that uh, my mom. Um, emphasized the fact that my interests were worthy of pursuing and that they would uh, make me a better person growing up. So I think she had this <laughs> she had a strong impact on, on my confidence, it seems. Yeah. So was your mom a big influence in your life growing up? 100%, yeah. She would always repeat to me uh, that I'm uh, the best, whatever I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to put my mind into uh, that I'm just going to nail it and uh, I just work hard enough. I'm just going to be able to nail my objectives. I, I guess all moms do that. <laughs> well, we all want to instill confidence, um, but she really believed it or at least that's what I felt. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Um, I do. And she did the same with my sister. That's that's awesome. So you were two sisters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So let's let's do something fun. This is hypothetical. So if you were the president of US and you got one policy to make, what would you do to even out the playing field for women in this country? Uh, I really, right now that Biden is in power, I really admire the fact that he hired a lot of um, uh, diverse uh, figures around him. Uh, he has hired uh, some of the first transgender in some of the first like the first uh, openly gay uh, ministry of transport and uh, many um, many diverse uh, people around him and i think it's an awesome 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 uh, initiative that he took it just shows that he cares about that and that more people should care because their their uh, actions right now seem to be effective i if i would be in his shoes what what kind of actions I would take. Probably I would start by figuring out methods of removing the stigma around math is for boys and arts is for girls. I don't really know what, what in the US what, what is for girls, but I can see that uh, girls feel there's a stigma associated, associated with them pursuing math because they are not as good as the boys. And uh, 
Um, there are sorts of ways in which that can be affected, and I would focus on with, with the Ministry of Education to removing that stigma. It's silly. That's a great one. See, growing up in India for us, being a nerd was a good thing. So if you were nerdy and you were like good at grades and everything, that's appreciated. Everybody loves you as a kid. You're like, oh my god. And here it is such a negative connotation. Like I knew my kids were like, oh, I'm not a nerd. I'm like, it's not such a bad thing. I would be very happy if you're nerd you know this is where you come from it's just very different connotation it is different cultures for sure in Romania it was not seen as a good thing <laughs> are you idea person or execution person 100% execution <laughs> I get ideas by executing I don't execute after I get the idea no that that's a great combination because you actually think how you're going to make it happen <laughs> yes I, I get uh, much more inspired by interacting with people and doing the work. I'm not very good at sitting in a corner and coming up with the next great thing. I can't. I, I have to interact with people, understand them, understand what they're up to, um, start prototyping, start seeing what works, what doesn't. And by just sheer of iteration, the great ideas come. So what's next for you? At the moment of this recording, uh, we haven't yet announced, but uh, the company that uh, I co-founded um, has uh, just raised a big uh, round from a well-known VC, which means that uh, we're uh, very well uh, placed to do better and bigger things within the company. Continue our mission to hire people that are very diverse and everywhere around the world that can work from the beach, that they can work from surfing, they can work from wherever they want to be. Uh, at the same time, um, we also want to start a foundation that promotes um, this love in between cultures and making a better planet. Um, so I look forward to those new developments as, as things are progressing. No, congratulations. We're so excited for you. You didn't mention VC. So you present in front of VCs. Um, you have done this because you have worked for multiple startups um, are there certain traits that work better for you when you're pitching? It helps because in, in our case, it helps that I'm a female founder because the VCs, they own some, some diversity points. <laughs> this uh, the, the startup is not only male, it's male and female. So for sure, in, in our case, it helps. And uh, because I have very different point of view in how we approach things and my co-founder, we tend to make better decisions overall because we're coming from such different perspectives in general we make decisions that are the right ones <laughs> by uh, spending a lot of time and debating them so again it's another plus that helps us when we uh putting together the, the numbers or the strategy or whatever we need to do within within the company so yes there, there are definitely a lot of pros so you mentioned diversity a couple of times which is such a huge um i think differentiator if you use it the right way, if you understand the power of diversity, I think it's a huge, huge differentiator. Do you feel there are certain things in terms of delegation and other pieces which work better when you have a diverse team? What, what advantages do you see that? When we have to brainstorm around the solution for a problem, the best way to come up with the right solutions is by exposing many solutions to that problem and that's how we discovered the key to solving the the initial uh, dilemma that you have and i love when i get very diverse people on a call to talk about that because they see things that i don't see i see things that they don't see and as a result we make better decisions we're lucky because 
as I said, we have people in 80 cities and 20 countries, so they're very diverse. We have people from Siberia, we have people from uh, all the way from San Francisco to Siberia. So the, 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 the cultural differences are very strong, but the points of view are also very different. Um, and it's not only by gender, it's also by, um, by culture upbringing um, and all, all other interests. Um, and it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's really beautiful when it happens, when uh, they got together, for instance, very recently to uh, just record a song. It was such, such a unique uh, song. It just blew up LinkedIn when we posted it because it was very, very uh, unusual song, but it was super cool. So uh, sharing everywhere on LinkedIn, I was high, one of the highest engaged posts uh, that we've ever seen. That's so cool. So are you into music? Any other um, hobbies? I am not into music. Music as you, I just like uh, to, <laughs> I just like to listen to music, to listen to good music. But I'm completely uh, lacking uh, uh, practice or experience in that area. I wouldn't let anybody put me on an instrument. <laughs> so what do you do for fun? Don't have much time for fun, but it's because I really enjoy what I'm doing. So I consider the the work that I'm doing as fun. Uh, but in my free time, I just spend as much as I can with my kids. Wonderful. For somebody who's starting up right now, listening to this podcast and thinking, I want to be the next Alina, you know, find my own company, establish it and make it big. What would you advise them? It's, um, it's, a, tough, uh, it's a tough decision to make at any age uh, to start this, uh, this path because you're more or less alone. Within a corporation, you have the luxury of a good system around you and a good uh, mechanism to protect you from, for instance, having a healthcare, uh, having a, a pension and, and, and all of those great things that come with big corporations. Being on your own, you're completely on your own. So you have to make sure that you have the right mindset when it comes to risk. You should be okay to be homeless. You should be okay to not having where to, things to eat. And if you're okay with that, if you're okay with losing everything, then the next thing is to stop hearing all the negative things that come your way and make sure that your your uh, vision is stronger than than the naysayer and then miraculous uh, things can happen well thank you so much alina for your time all the best with the future of chili piper and any other companies you decide to find found again but all the best it was great talking to you it was great to talk to you as well divya i uh, i hope this uh, helps at least one girl that um if I help one girl, then I'll feel good about uh, about this recording. <laughs> now, I, I think this, this will help a lot of girls. And there were so many questions that um, came to us from girls who wanted to know about these things more from the STEM perspective. So this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you.